Well, hello there. I'm happy you're listening. My name is Genesis Barraza. In this episode, I will center my focus on the repetition we see in fantasy films and its effect on human social behavior. Later in the show, Mexican film director Guillermo del Toro will join us to give an insight on his 2006 dark fantasy drama, Pants Labyrinth. Stay tuned. Fantasy has a continuation theme that repeats over and over again, which is that man is a monstrous creature. When this is presented without the safety net of a mythical world, the theme becomes much more brutal and is more psychology than spectacle. Sigmund Freud believes the unconscious contains the same mental process in relations with the consciousness. Wishful impulses are attached to experiences capable of satisfying instincts. Melanie Klein, another psychoanalyst, goes on to extend this concept. Whereas Freud sees fantasy as a wish-fulfilling imagination, Klein suggests fantasies as a structural function, and organizer of mental life. She regards fantasies in relations with objects. It is psychological representations in the mind, equivalent to defense mechanisms. I have Elizabeth Chapin with me today, a graduate from Claremont McKenna College with a literature degree. She is a park ranger and teaches local students about the islands and their surrounding marine environment. Elizabeth, would you care to reflect on your deep love for books and reading? As a child, I read books, fantasy books, fairy tales, and these books made me ask questions. I would write stories like the one I just told you about what the answers to these questions could be. And these stories made me realize that with the right question, you could imagine, create, understand almost anything. This is what fantasy does. Fantasy helps us grow. It helps us move forward. Our societies cannot evolve without fantasy. That's a beautiful statement. How would you say fantasy helps someone grow? Fantasy has always been deeply ingrained in the human experience. Whenever our earliest civilizations wanted to teach, to understand, to explore, they didn't use what was really there. They embellished. They imagined. They used the unseen and the invisible to fill the mysterious shadows of their lives. They did not begin their stories with today, in our time, but with once upon a time, creating a space of possibility. Yes, the history of fantasy is as old as humanity itself. What these myths have given us has been inspiration for aspiration. Inspiration for aspiration. Myths, fantasies, these were the first stories that we told ourselves, the ones that inspired us to aspire to something bigger, to create, to grow. 
we need to come back to this broadest definition of fantasy, to this idea of fantasy as a driving force behind our society's evolutions. Why? Because fantasy is, in its broadest sense, anything that asks the most important question that human beings can ask. What if? You're right. The genre can stand on this simple question alone, stretching our creative thinking, stimulating a cognitive response. I appreciate your scholastic perspective, Elizabeth. And that just leaves you wondering, huh? What if? An infinite amount of possibilities are imaginable. What if life is just an illusion? What if we alter reality? What if one of the most unique, successful filmmakers of modern cinema was sitting in this room with me? Guillermo del Toro is known for his original horror and fantasy films with emotional and insightful complexity. At the heart of each of del Toro's projects, many of the same filmmaking motifs exist. Del Toro puts a lot of himself into his films and often uses many similar thematic techniques from one project to the next. Pan's Labyrinth is a beautiful testament to the power of imagination that also features a procession of memorable creatures brought to life through stunning special effects. Del Toro's haunting fantastical take on the Spanish Civil War instantly became one of my favorite cinematic stories of all time. He paints a tragic and gorgeous visual portrait of a young girl who still believes in the possibilities of magic, despite the unforgiving circumstances of war all around her. Mr. Del Toro, would you care to share your vision behind this masterpiece? Pan's Labyrinth represents a great fusion of everything I had learned in terms of tools and experiences in the movies that preceded it. Personally, it kind of articulated all the movies at the same time. It, it made them make sense. There was a certain exuberance in the worlds and in the monsters of Pan's Labyrinth that I couldn't have done before. And at the same time, there was the handling of effects and action that came from uh, Blade and Hellboy. I was able to do set pieces with a lot more nimble camera work. It's almost like the first summation of what I have learned as a filmmaker, all put to the service of one of the most personal, if not uh, the most personal uh, movie. It ranks really high in that way. Pan's Labyrinth defines exactly where I was in my life at that moment, wondering if there was magic in the world. Not in a whimsical sense, but if the world was either terrible or beautiful or both at the same time. And the answer was both at the same time. <laughs> the movie connected with an audience and it still connects with an audience in a way that I think closely resembles the way I connected with movies when I was a cinephile. Explaining Pan's Labyrinth's meaning involves looking at the symbolism driving the plot. The characters are archetypes corresponding to their roles within folktale traditions, and they help to develop the main themes throughout the story. The protagonist, Ophelia, as well as the heroes and villains, are defined in relation to their fairy tale counterparts. For instance, it can be pointed out how you used the rebels as an allegoric illustration representing the woodsmen rescuing Little Red Riding Hood 
from the big bad fascist wolf. What is your take on this? It's a it's sort of a sister movie to another movie I made called Devil's Backbone, which was already uh, set in the Civil War in Spain, and it dealt with brutality and innocence. And I think this movie deals with the same two issues: is what happens to children in war. You know, in this case, is uh, it's after the war, but there is repression in the rebels in the mountains and so forth. So, thinking about it, I thought. It would be a movie where you could create a fantasy world that was as as real and sometimes as as scary. As far as I'm concerned, uh, they're real. So some, not in the not in the way people understand it, but I do think that uh, I happen to believe that uh, fantasy and t- stories have the same weight in shaping who we are than real things. In a similar manner. The fantastical elements that our main character witnesses can be seen as her way of making sense of the world around her. The same way that fairy tales are used to explain complex concepts in a more easily digestible approach. The pale monster in Pan's Labyrinth, for example, symbolizes predatory authority figures who victimize those who are vulnerable fitting in with the movie's allegory about fascism and perhaps making a subtle hidden criticism of Catholic Church. Throughout history, fairy tales have been used to manifest enigmatic aspects of the world. At first, these stories were used to explain natural phenomenons, but as science developed, they represented more psychological aspects related to human behavior. Pan's Labyrinth continues this rich tradition in Del Toro's own way employing specific iconography to bring fairy tale elements to the real world and using monsters to express a tapestry of human morality. Their inventions are fantasy. I think that uh, Pants is a, a movie that uh, will connect deeply with some people. Whatever its audience is, I don't care. Uh, for example, Crimson Peak. To me, the people that connect with that movie connect very profoundly, but they're not as numerous as the people that connect with pants or uh, shape or water or so forth. But it doesn't matter, but the depth of the connection is what I knew was going to be. I thought this movie could connect long term, like some people will love it. And you had, I had that certainty. And I I feel that... uh, Uh, When a movie connects that deep, there's an element of it that you cannot explain. There's a moment that is like music. And when you hear a song, and I can tell you that's re, mi, you know, do, whatever the, you know, uh, C minor, whatever it is. uh, But but the melody makes you feel something very deep. It moves you at a very deep level. Del Toro has stated that the themes of the film can be traced throughout the narrative due to the symbolic repetition, a common trait of fairy tales. The fawn in Pan's Labyrinth gives Ophelia three tasks to complete in order to help her return to her place as queen of the underworld, but she often disobeys instructions and makes choices based on her own conscience. Ophelia's decisions are not always the safest, as in the case of eating the pale man's food, but her morality ultimately allows her the noblest and most heroic of endings, 
instead of spilling her baby brother's blood, as requested by the fawn creature, Ophelia spilled her own to open the portal of the underworld. Operating under a fascist system carries its own set of dangers grounded in the real world. The rebels resist rules through disobedience, which is reminiscent of Ophelia's tendency to follow her own choices instead of blindly following orders. The housemaid Mercedes parallels Ophelia in her defiant behavior, undergoing her own trials against the monstrous Captain Vidal. Thus, the two interwining narratives repeat the same patterns to prove that trusting personal feelings over authority leads to a purer sense of morality. Pan's Labyrinth's message still stands out today for all of the chilling creatures in the labyrinth itself. By far the most frightening characters in Pan's Labyrinth are the human beings, in particular Captain Vidal and the fascists. Ophelia survives her trials in the labyrinth, but is still killed for speaking out loud and defying fascist authority in the real world. Yet, for her bravery and for taking a stand, Ophelia is rewarded in the afterlife, while the adults who resisted authority in secret without taking action are also killed, but with no reward. Why put this in your movie? When you come to a movie, you come to a movie with everything you are. So, uh, you, 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 where you come from is extremely important. And part of it is where we come from, what music we listen to, what movies we watched. I can tell you very sort of broadly that the melodrama I grew up with in Mexico is in my movies. This sense of melodrama that came from watching Pedro Infante is in my movies. The, the, the idea of uh, loving the monster with a certain innocence comes from uh, watching wrestler movies. What wrestlers Nash or Mexican movies? Uh, the way I react to music, and I'm capable of singing at the least provocation, it's in my movies. You know, the, the love of, of, of these things, the idea of family, the idea of friendship, the idea of human relationships, the idea of oppression, the distrust, the distrust for institutions. All that is Mexican. <laughs> The simple message of rectitude clearly affirms the vital importance of standing against fascism in all forms. A statement that is all the more important in the 21st century, in which fascist ideals continue to hold control but are often disguised or ignored. Because of this, Pant's Labyrinth story, while released over a decade ago, and set in a different historical period is still incredibly relevant and enduring. Guillermo didn't have time to say goodbye, so I will end this podcast with one of his quotes. Any legend, any creature, any symbol we ever stumble on already exists in a vast cosmic reservoir where archetypes wait. Shapes looming outside our platonic cave. We naturally believe ourselves clever and wise. So advanced 
and those who came before us, so naive and simple. When all we truly do is echo the order of the universe as it guides us. I appreciate you for sticking along with me. Take care of yourselves now. Catch you later.